Welcome to Raiders on the Record, the podcast featuring Hastings High School Athletics. I'm Athletic Director Trent Hansen. My colleague Tim Hanneberg and I work together to bring you the stories of Raider sports. We are thrilled to share conversations with the athletes, coaches, and alumni that represent Raider Nation. Check back weekly and be sure to share this podcast with your friends in the Raiders Network. Today's episode features Adam Welch. Adam is a member of the class of 2002. He was a three-sport athlete and captain who earned nine varsity letters, multiple all-conference and all-state accolades, and played in multiple state tournaments in two different sports. Currently, Adam is a math teacher at Hastings High School who coaches two sports, assistant varsity football and head boys hockey. He is a repeat conference and section coach of the year in boys hockey. Adam and his wife, Marissa, live in Hastings with their two boys. This was a really fun conversation, and we hope you enjoy it. Welcome aboard, man. Uh, happy to do it. So thanks for joining us. And uh, again, we'll start with with a few quick hitters, uh, five good questions. Just give us a brief, you know, kind of that 15, 20 second answer right off the top, just to help people get to know you a little bit better before we get into the, the tough questions. So um, I know that uh, you're a Hastings High School graduate, uh, but this isn't the only community that you grew up in. Uh, just give us a quick flyby about, you know, kind of your hometowns, as it were, and uh, what year you graduated as a Raider. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me here. I'm, I'm excited about it. So, um, yeah, so I was born in St. Louis, and then we moved to Hastings when I was younger. Um, I was um, the smallest of, or youngest, I guess, of a, I have an older brother, older sister. Um, but we moved to Hastings when I was before kindergarten, and then, um, you know, because of my dad's job, we moved then to South Bend, Indiana, um, for about five years, and then out to Seattle for three years, and then moved back here to Hastings in uh, seventh grade. So, um, you know, before middle school, I got to kind of travel around a little bit and see a little bit of the country, which was uh, kind of a good experience. Yeah, man. And so tell us a little bit more about that family unit, uh, who you grew up with, siblings and, and parents, and uh, how you fit into that that group, what birth order. And I think you have a nickname you want to make sure everybody hears about, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So uh, uh, my I have an older sister who is somewhere like five years older and I won't exactly say so she won't be mad at me but somewhere around five years older than I am um, and then an older brother I, uh, Jessica who actually still lives in Hastings um, she works at the district office um, and then I have an older brother Luke who is uh, two to three years depending on what type of you know what time of year it is um, and he is married and lives in uh, Eden Prairie um, that nickname you were talking about my sister always uh, makes fun of me that I was the prince um, because she always made fun that uh you know, my mom would always treat me better than than uh, all the other ones, as they always say. The spoiled one is the youngest one, I guess, which I don't believe it. But that was the nickname was the prince growing up is whenever I'd come back to visit everything. Oh, there was a party and everything. And so, um, yeah, that was the nickname. Love it. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, along the way there, kind of Indiana, Seattle specifically. What are your first sports memories as a young kid? Yeah, I, I remember uh, when I was my kind of earliest memory of hockey even was in Minnesota. Um, this is like I said, before kindergarten, I remember my dad used to flood our backyard. And um, I mean, I, gosh, I was, I don't even know, hold four or five years old, something like that, four years old and going out there. And I remember one time my brother was out there with his friends and my mom wouldn't let me go out there cause she was with his, he was with his friends and they wanted just a little bit of separation. I remember watching through the sliding glass door crying that I couldn't go out and, and play hockey. But, uh, you know, we went to Indiana and um, 
it's interesting when you go around the country and how, you know, growing up in Minnesota, you know, how big hockey is and you go to these other places and we're in South Bend, Indiana, which is, um, you know, obviously where Notre Dame is and football is, is King there and, uh, hockey, you know, there is high school hockey, but it's not nearly as big and there's high schools or, or youth sports and things like that. But, uh, as far as hockey goes, just not as big. Um, but I grew up there, uh, playing some hockey and baseball, didn't play any football or anything like that at that point. And then same thing when we moved out to Seattle, it's like, um, here we are again, we're in the, the big city of Seattle and there's literally two, uh, hockey associations in the whole city of Seattle. So we had to drive, you know, 30 to 40 minutes to practice um, and did a lot of homework in the car with my parents driving and the light hanging around my neck so I could see my book and all that stuff. So um, we did a lot of that out there. But um, also, you know, when I out there was was lucky to be involved with, uh, you know, I ran track um, with my elementary school and played volleyball for we had a volleyball team for my elementary school that I played on. Um, and did, you know, just kind of some different sports that you just maybe wouldn't get to, uh, experience if you hadn't kind of moved around the country a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, what was your first job? If you had a job along the way as a high school kid or college kid, what was your first job? I worked at, uh, uh for a construction company, Harris construction. My, one of my best friends, Nick Harris, his dad at a construction company. And we worked at his job site, just basically picking up trash was our <laughs> first, I'd, I'd ride my bike over to the, uh, construction site. And then we just clean up the that's the clean up the construction site, but all it meant was just picking up trash. There you go. Uh, and then tell us just three of your favorite things, any favorites. It could be a favorite movie or a favorite time of the year, a favorite food, just three favorites for Adam Welch. Yeah. Uh, my favorite food probably is chicken Parmesan. I think most people know that. Or chicken bacon ranch is another one that I get made fun of because I don't venture out too much when it comes to food. It's pretty simple. I know what I like. And so that's what I order. So I don't try a bunch of stuff. So if you ask most people, they'll probably say some form of chicken bacon ranch, but I like chicken Parmesan also is one of my favorites. Um, I love springtime. Um, you know, especially when you get into 40 degree weather and you're used to the minus 20, it's 40 degree weather feels like 80. And that's my favorite time of year when everything's kind of melting. And, uh, it's almost like a, a new year, um, is happening in springtime. So, um, I love that time of year. And then, um, spending time with my family and my kids is, is in, you know, kind of the, the big thing right now with, I got a three and a five year old and, um, you know, coming home and just being able to play with those guys and, and spend time with them. And, and with my wife, Marissa is just, that's, it's awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. I appreciate it. So a little flyby there to kind of get us, get us going. I, I want to do a couple things. You're fun to talk to because you're checking a few different boxes. You're an alumni athlete who's had some awesome experiences as a, as a Hastings Raider, as a player. And of course, now uh, you're a teacher and a coach here at the high school. So you've got that perspective and that lens. And I want to spend time in both boxes, you know, uh, we'll kind of maybe even cycle back and forth a little bit, but let's maybe start with the current and we'll work our way back to fill in the, the, the other parts of it later, but uh, you're currently teaching math at the high school. You're the head boys, hockey coach, assistant football coach. You're, you're wearing a number of different hats, literally um, in addition to all, all the things that uh, are on your plate as a, as a parent and a spouse. But um, when it comes to coaching specifically, why coach, right? Why coach? What, what brings you to the game? Why do you do it? You know, I had, uh, I was lucky to have really good coaches growing up and throughout my careers and the impact that coaches can have and the connection of, of bringing kids together. Um, that's kind of one of the biggest things is just the, I had such a good experience that I want to do that with for the, the kids that are growing up now to have some of that same experience and have such a great time um, playing high school sports 
and then something they can talk about the rest of their lives um, with their buddies, the guys that they played with. And so um, making that connection for the kids to recognize and realize that um, that's kind of the big thing as far as, as coaching goes is just um, uh, how awesome it is to coach in a place like Hastings with a, with the town that we have, but also then again, for our kids to be able to recognize how cool it is to be with their buddies and, and to have such a good experience doing that. Yeah. So when you talk about influences, I know you're talking about some coaches that you played for. I'm sure now as a coach, you've got other coaches that influence your coaching. Um, tell us just a little bit about that. The people that have impacted you the most, either a mentor or someone you currently coach with in hockey or football or from another community. Um, just, just who are a couple of those coaching influences and, and what is it that you're learning from them or taking away from them? Yeah, I'm pretty lucky to be surrounded by people, um, uh, coaches. And what I mean by that is, you know, my dad has coached um, all the way up, not necessarily always coaching me, but he's coached a team um, or helped out with a team um, since I was little. And even after I graduated, he was still coaching. Um, and then, you know, my wife is the, the head girls tennis coach and the assistant boys coach. And, you know, didn't quite realize that right away, how lucky I was, you know, and then I was talking to my assistant coach, Matt Klein, who's like, he comes home from hockey and can't talk hockey. <laughs> and so um, I get to come home and, you know, kind of bounce some things off Marissa as a coach and, and so lucky to be able to do that. And she loves talking hockey and talking sports and, and coaching in general. So um, just being able to kind of talk to all those different people, uh, my dad and Marissa, and then also, you know, you have, uh, you know, coach strain, uh, our head football coaches, just being a part of his staff is just awesome. Cause he has such a great perspective too, as far as what's important um, as far as, uh, you know, for student athletes. And he is always at any point during the year, it doesn't have to be football season. I can go up and talk to him and he's ready to talk too. So, um, you know, you have those, those people. And then obviously yourself as well has been a big, big influence on me as, as far as the way that I coach and how I coach. And so, um, you kind of just find those people that you can talk to that have kind of similar experiences that are not necessarily in the room that you're in at the time. Um, so they can get their own perspective on it and kind of point out some things that you're doing that you're probably like, Oh man, I didn't see it that way. So, um, that's kind of a, a cool thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, and when we think of coaching there, there's an, there are, there are a number of ways that we can define success, right? There, on the one hand, there's kind of the obvious competitive goal, right? We want to win. We like to win, right? We plan and prepare to, we celebrate it. And when we think of boys hockey in particular, the role that you have as a head coach, like you guys are on pace for you know, 60 wins over, over three years, uh, you know, section finals appearance last year. Um, many folks know that you're a repeat back-to-back, -back, not only conference coach of the year, but a section coach of the year. And a lot of that gets took tied into the, the team's performance, but yet people would probably also be interested to know that it's your coaching peers that are the ones that decide on those types of external awards and they go far beyond just the on ice performance. So Tell us a little bit what your definition of success looks like, because we know the competitive outcome is there, right? That's the pursuit of performance excellence is one of the great parts of coaching, right? It gives you the opportunity to teach lessons and, and bring people together to be a part of something bigger than themselves. But when you look at the end of a season or you look at a student graduating from the hockey or football program, what, what does success look like for you? How do you define it? Yeah, you know, during the year, um, as we're going along, you know, we talk constantly about um, you know, it matters. It doesn't matter who we play. It matters how we play. Um, and that's when you're in the season and you're kind of thinking about that part of it and, and how the success is, you know, the score is the score, but if you're playing well, um, you know, that's all you can really ask for. And so, um, 
when you talk about winning and things like that, that stuff is important. Like you said, is, is I'm just as much a competitor as anybody else. And the fact that, um, you know, I, I hate losing. I hate losing more than I like winning. You know, it's kind of one of those things that I remember that specifically making that realization where it was like a relief to win because of how much I, I didn't like to lose. Um, and then you kind of get into more of the in-depth part of coaching and, and you recognize again, what you want from your players is the, the guys to come back. You know, that's been the coolest part in the last couple of years is how many guys have come back to watch our games to say, hi, um, that's kind of why you coach is to try and build those relationships, uh, the lasting relationships um, and, and having guys know that they're kind of a part of something kind of cool. And, and it's not like that everywhere where you get a town that you can to play for and your buddies that you play for. And, and so the success part of it is, is um, you know, when you have your alumni games and how many guys are there playing the alumni game and, and uh, like I said, during the year, how many guys come back? And you mentioned the section finals last year and how many of the former players texting, you know, saying good luck and things like that. And how cool that part is. That's that's kind of the reason why you coach is just to have these guys um, to build those relationships and have uh, uh, the guys realize how special it is to be a part of something like this. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's cool to hear you describe relationships, community. And like you talked about a few minutes ago, that that kind of paying it back to the people that poured into you are essentially paying it forward, right. To another generation of, of, of athletes to be able to, to get from that. When you think of where you sit now, um, tell us a little bit about your tenure. I'm trying to remember how many years as a, as a coach in general, but then think of where you sit here today and where you started, right. Um, what, what's a lesson maybe you've learned that you know now as a more mature practice coach that maybe you didn't appreciate or maybe didn't know when you first started coaching. Yeah, this is my sixth year as a head coach. Um, I coached for three years as an assistant coach prior to that in Hastings. Um, and one of the big things that I had to do is when I took over as head coach, you kind of got to decide, okay, you know, what kind of coach are you going to be? Are you going to be a yeller? Are you going to be a player's coach? You know, what are you going to be if you don't have kind of a, you know, because I'm still pretty young in, in my coaching career to kind of have an identity at that point. And so um, I coached at the beginning, the way that I would want to be coached as a player, which was um, I got yelled at a lot because of just the times that we were in and in the, the way. And I actually didn't, I didn't mind that. That's the way that I want. I wanted to be pushed. I wanted to be challenged. And so that's how I kind of started coaching and um, quickly realized that I would be done coaching um, if I continued to do, to coach <laughs> that way. So um, I had to make the realization that um, I, I want to coach differently than the way that I wanted to be coached and, and kind of focus more on relationships and, and trying to build relationships with kids. And so um, that happened probably um, whether it's coincidence or not. I mean, it was two years ago, uh, the start of in the summer prior to, you know, our first kind of run of these good games, uh, uh, good teams. I mean, is that uh, kind of decided that it's going to be more about relationships than it is about trying to really kind of yell at kids and push kids and that kind of thing. And, um, and the cool thing is, is when you, when you can build those relationships, that's when you can really start pushing kids, you know, that's what you realize. And so, um, you know, I had to kind of realize that and go through that. And had I not gone through those first few years, you know, then you, uh, maybe I don't make that change. You know what I mean? As far as maybe I don't have, I'm not where I am today. And so it's kind of one of those things that, okay, yeah, I wish I would have started that way, but maybe you, you know, not going to be in the same spot then as I am today is really appreciating and, and recognizing what needs to be done. For sure. Well, coaching, uh, in some ways, not no different than playing or parenting is, is a tough job, right? It's emotional. Um, it's exhausting. It requires a lot of commitment. When you think of literally the routine, uh, in the season, for sure, we're dealing with essentially a, almost a second full-time job, right? You're dealing with three, four hours a day on a practice day and sometimes five or six hours a day on a game day. 
uh, six days a week. When you talk about the planning and the communication and all the things that go on off the ice or off the field. Um, and so in the midst of all of that, right, when you try to balance uh, home and work and, and it's, it's clearly an opt-in choice to coach in the midst of all that, what's the best part for you? What's the most rewarding part of coaching? Um, it's good. It's a good question. You know, when you, cause that's something you got to think about, right. Is it's not just necessarily um, you can say, Oh, well, winning is so important. And when you win, everything's better, but it's not necessarily true. Right. You've, I've been a part of teams that have won six games and I've been a part of teams that have won 20 games. And um, you know, it's, I've had the same problems, <laughs> you know, for, for both teams. And so, um, you know, the best part about coaching, I think, is that um, when you get a group of guys that kind of buy in together, not not necessarily for what I'm telling them or I'm selling them, but for each other. Um, and you can just tell that in the locker room where, um, you know, it's just as a different feeling in the locker room where before you even step in there, they're in there and they're, they're a team and they're a family where they're joking around and, and everything. It's not like it's a divided place and all that stuff. And so, um, you know, when you can get to a team to be that way and they can recognize that and they can feel that where they are, again, um, family. I know that sounds cliche, and, and, but it's for a reason, right, that it is cliche. But it, it truly is, is that is such a great experience of having those kids, high school kids, you know, that um, more so high school boys, you know, showing the emotion for each other and things like that of um, that is, it's a cool thing. Sure. So when you think about, you know, the seven, eight, nine year run uh, as a coach, and I guess I'm thinking more hockey from your role as a head coach, but you certainly could choose football if you'd like, but um, give us just maybe a, a, a favorite memory or two, you know, maybe a particular game or a particular moment or a particular team or, or something that happened that just kind of resonates in your head that when you think of this last stretch, you've had a, a couple fun ones, you know, a couple moments that were like, yep, yeah, that was, that was pretty rad. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, uh, there's a kid, uh, I think it was my first year coaching, maybe my second year being head coach. We had a kid named Peter Meyer that, um, you know, as a 10th grader, we didn't really know much about him. And he was kind of on the, to be honest, on the bubble of making the varsity JV team or getting cut. And, um, you know, and we end up keeping him, and, um, uh, for thankfully end up keeping him. And then, uh, you know, as a senior, he turns into one of our better players, um, that year. And it was just a, a ton of fun to see him, um, grow as a player and how hard that he worked. And it's not like he was an all state player or anything like that, but he was, you know, one of our better players and the fact that he just worked really hard to get there and how cool that was to be, you know, he probably didn't even know that where he was, you know, on our depth chart to now where he finished um, was just kind of a cool experience of, um, you know, seeing that kind of the hard work pay off. Uh, that's, that's one kind of cool thing. Uh, you know, those kinds of stories are so awesome. You know, that's what high school sports are all about is that you get those kinds of kids is that, you know, this is it for them is they get to play a couple of years of high school sports and then, then, you know, they're done and they get to talk about it the rest of their life. Um, but the kids that get to uh, make the most out of what they got. Um, we had another kid last year that um, I'll never forget this story. Griffin wise, who was a senior that, uh, you know, we talked to him at the beginning of the year of, you know, I honestly don't know how much you're going to play. You know, are you on board for that? Are you on board for just, you know, when you get your chance, you get your chance. And he did a great job all year. And when his number was called, he did a good job. And, you know, some of those games, like in the playoffs, he didn't play very much. And so we kind of would talk to him before games of, um, you know, hey, listen, just want to let you know where you're at is that today, you know, we might be going two lines. And so your number may not be called. But if it is, be great. If it isn't, you know, be great on the bench too and be a good teammate. 
And uh, here we are, the section final games, and we're having that same exact talk with him and saying, you know, all right, you know, here we are again. You know, if you may not get a lot of time, but if your number's called, be great. And before we could finish it, he said, and if my number's not called, I'll be great on the bench too. And uh, that was a really cool thing of him kind of understanding and buying in. And then the even better part is, as he did, he got a couple shifts in the first period and ended up scoring uh, to make it two nothing at that point. And so it was kind of one of those things of uh, uh, perfect, you know, moments in sports where here's a kid that's just a great teammate and a great person. And then he gets paid off in the, in the section finals. Absolutely. Love it. And fortunately you've got countless moments and memories like that. I know you're, you're picking a couple cause I put you on the spot, but I think they're good examples of, of what's happening kind of throughout uh, the whole coaching journey for you. Well, you've got a long connection to athletics, right. In a, in a, in a, in a cool way, a lengthy connection to Hastings. So let's step backwards a little bit and go back to your experience as a younger athlete. I'm thinking kind of middle school, high school, right? So uh, before we get to the high school period in particular, let's maybe go kind of that sixth, seventh, eighth grade period, you know, tell us a little bit about what sports you were playing, uh, what you were trying. Um, you know, I know a little bit about your background about, you know, you grew fast, uh, you, you know, um, some of those type of things, but what was, what was kind of that middle transition, like sixth, seventh, eighth grade for athletics and, and your role in it? Yeah. So in sixth grade, I was, we still lived in Seattle. And so I was playing, like I said, playing hockey, I actually played school basketball as well um was able to do that because of the timing wise um ran track played volleyball um i did as much sports as i could i played me uh, yeah i played flag football for one year so i didn't play tackle football at all in sixth grade or even fifth grade and play any football and then in seventh grade we moved back here to uh hastings and that's middle school and so then here's my first time playing tackle football seventh grade um and uh hockey and actually played basketball as well in middle school because it was right after uh school and hockey was later in the day with practices and things like that so seventh and eighth grade got to play both hockey and basketball at the time which was awesome um kind of got talked into playing basketball I wasn't going to play in seventh and eighth grade but got talked into it again like you said I grew fast I was uh six feet in seventh grade so um of course uh, you know some of my now buddies were hey you got to play basketball you know and so um <laughs> Didn't mind doing, I love that. And actually one of the cool things was in eighth grade, another hockey player came out, Johnny Schumann, who's also, you know, another football player, obviously that people know, um, came out and played basketball too. So it was kind of a cool thing of him recognizing, hey, wait a minute, I could play basketball and, and try something new. Um, and uh, his younger brother, again, is of course a, a good basketball player as well. So um, that was kind of cool of um, in, in that middle school time is just being able to try a bunch of different stuff and having my parents be all right with, hey, you know, whatever you want to do, let's do it, you know? And so, um, and then of course played baseball as well in the, in the springtime. And so I was really lucky when I moved back here in seventh grade and the group that I got, my age group was just a handful of guys, really good guys and, and really good athletes. And so we all played football together. Most of us played hockey and we all played baseball together. Um, and so we, we played all three sports together and, and we we're just, a um, you know, like I said, it's just a really good group of guys. Yeah. So a lot of sports sampling along the way, right? You're trying different yeah. things. You're in different environments. And I think it's cool to hear that, like you said, even in what was over time became a, a primary sport for you in the winter with hockey, you still played basketball through eighth grade, you know, and kind of doing right. multiple things. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, so when we look at your uh, high school journey in the late nineties, um, I'll set you up a little bit. Um, I know that you were uh, a nine time letter winner between football, basketball, and baseball, right? So you're on the varsity as a 10th grader all the way across. Let's focus maybe just on that 10th grade year, just for a second. And you don't have to necessarily take them all in order, but just in general, what the heck was it like being a varsity athlete in 10th grade? And I know it was different a little bit from sport to sport based on your ability in the group, but um, 
you know, that's a leap that not a lot of kids get a chance to make. Um, what was it like for you at that stage? Yeah, I was really lucky in my 10th grade year. Again, obviously with my size, um, allowed me to have some success at a, with some older kids and things like that. But um, not not just that, um, you know, I think about this. So my ninth grade year is kind of just like it's always been. You play with your your buddies and, and then all of a sudden you're going into your 10th grade year. School hasn't even started playing football. Yep, I'm just I'm playing 10th grade football is kind of what my mindset was. I had no thoughts of even playing varsity. It wasn't even on my radar. And then the next thing I know, the following week, I'm practicing varsity with, you know, one other 10th grader. And um, it was kind of a weird feeling of like, um, okay, are you like, am I supposed to be here kind of a thing? And then um, as practice went on and everything, I was so lucky to be a part of that team. That's the team that uh, went to the, the state championship game and lost to Creighton and, and Joe Maurer at quarterback. But the thing that I was lucky with is I, I started maybe two games, played a little bit here and there, is that we had a senior group that was just amazing with, you know, Josh McClay and Adam Gerlach and, and Matt Vanderbosch and Joe Stewart and all of these guys that are just um, phenomenal athletes that were part of something pretty special in Hastings as far as the number of state championship games, not just states that they went to, but state championship games that they went to. Um, so as a 10th grader, never even hanging out with these guys before in my life. Right. And in knowing the type of athletes that they are um, really kind of set the tempo for me as an athlete. And the fact that it kind of realized, Hey, if I want to have real success then how hard you got to work because they, I mean, they put the work in, I mean uh, uh, all of those guys were just really hard workers. And, and so it kind of opened my eyes to what I need to do to have success as an athlete, to be around those guys. And then the other part of it that um, you know, partway through the year as I'm starting. Um, so I was a backup to Adam Gerlach, who was a, you know, three-time All-State in three sports, you know? And so, um, and then I also backed up Josh McClay, who is, you know, an All-American wrestler, right? And so what ended up happening is a guy inside got hurt. And so Josh moved to inside. So I'm starting at outside linebacker. And, um, and those guys, again, just kind of took me in and when you start to kind of like it just gives you confidence to be accepted by a group of athletes like that and and, and again they showed me how hard I need to work and I bought into that um, which is all part of that but again to have those guys kind of just take me in was um, was amazing and I will never forget this my first game starting I'm out on the field here I am a 10th grader not really you know kind of head in the clouds kind of a thing and our corner who is um Jim Gunderson the you know uh he's the head coach at Holy Angels state championship Holy Angels I think two years ago they won um he's getting looking at are you ready for this and I'm like oh, why is he yelling at me you know like you know that kind of a thing but it was just the intensity that he played with and our other guys played with and again that just that set me on a path for success in high school and beyond of again showing how hard um you needed to work to have success. And so uh, very lucky there um, to be a part of that group and to see what I needed to do. Um, and then uh, my, in hockey, my, my sophomore year, um, again, one of those things, I just, I didn't know where it was going to be. We, they're just coming off of play, losing in the state finals and they had a great senior group that just all graduated. So I was kind of lucky and fortunate in that, in that um, there was a lot of open spots. Um, otherwise I probably don't make that team if I'm a year older. Um, with how good a, that senior group is. And so um, I was, uh, again, a young, didn't really, didn't need a lot of uh, attention. Um, so kind of one of those things that uh, I was a really good underclassman um, as far as a player goes, because I was, I, 
played my role and the fact that I didn't need a lot of points. I, I took pride in breaking the puck out and, you know, stopping people from scoring. And so, you know, now as a coach, it's like, you're always looking for guys like that. And I didn't quite realize that, you know, it's just, you're just out there playing and trying to make the lineup any way you can. And, um, and then, so was fortunate enough to get into play regular shift my sophomore year and making it to the state tournament. And then in baseball too, I think just kind of carried over um, my size and playing varsity and things like that. I did not actually play very much uh, my varsity or my sophomore year on, on baseball. Um, had a pretty good group still. They just came off from winning the state championship. And so, um, you know, learned a lot as far as um, how to be a, a bench player, which kind of sounds funny, but that's basically, and I did it through a lot of mistakes, by the way, of uh, you know messing around or not paying attention and then getting called in to pinch run and then get thrown out or, you know, things like that. And so um, it was just a way for me to be able to learn again, to be a better all around person was through that. Mm -hmm. Although I didn't know it at the time, Um, you know, complained a lot about not playing, of course, you know, to myself and to my parents, but, um, uh, but that's again, what it was teaching me at that point there. But uh, yeah, my 10th grade year, like I said, that football season really kind of put me on the right path of being the, being the athlete that I, I needed to be. Right on. So then you've got this, um, you know, pretty awesome entryway, different kinds of experiences on the field, off the field, playing a lot, not playing as much in others. Uh, but you've got this modeling happening for you, right? Upperclassmen and coaches. So, um, you know, I think a fair argument can be made that you had just about as much team and individual success combined during your junior and senior year as almost any athlete that's had a chance to come through here. And to correct me, I think we're talking like the 99, 2000 and 2000, 2001 school years. So, you know, in that high school varsity run, um, you know, you're all state in a couple sports. I think you played in five state tournaments across two sports. Um, Man, when you think of that, can you give us just a, a, again, a a little glimpse, uh, walk us through it just briefly, right? I mean, what, what games kind of stick out to you, you know, kind of where, you know, between football, hockey, baseball, is there a game or two that sticks out as really most memorable or is there a particular run that a team made one of those years that really kind of captures your attention to this day? What are your biggest takeaways from those two years? There's so much to unpack. It would take us right. an hour. So I'm kind of asking you for a couple of the, the, the high ones. Yeah, we, um, you know, in football, we had a, our program at the time was, was really good. And like you talk about, we just lost in the state championship game my sophomore year here we are my junior year and we weren't really sure we lost a lot of seniors, you know, the guys that we counted on. Um, and so we weren't really sure what we were going to have. Now we knew growing up that our class and the class above us had pretty good athletes. Um, so we knew we had kind of a chance, but we didn't know how good. Right. And so um, it was kind of a weird year. And the fact that um, we were just playing and winning games and um, you know, it was one of those things that uh, it's funny at the time, you just kind of, you are expecting to go to the state tournament and you're expecting to go play in the Metrodome. And so when it happened, it wasn't like it was a, a big shock, you know, it wasn't a surprise. And then you're in the semifinals against Eden Prairie, who is, was by far the best team. And, you know, you look up and we were beating them in the fourth quarter. And I didn't even really realize that um, until the next year when our coach was talking about that. I mean, they were dominating the game and we had no right to even be in it, but I mean, that's how close we were to upsetting that team is that it's, it's in the, in the fourth quarter and we're winning by three or whatever it is. And then, you know, they took over in the fourth, but we don't have to talk about that part, but, (laughs) but um, you know, so that part of it. And then again, that might, that just set us up for my senior year in football of, 
of having a belief of that it didn't matter where we were at or what are at any point during the year, you know, we were just trying to win the next game. Right. And we had a belief that we could win the next game. And um, that championship, you know, team, the team that we won the state championship with is, you know, we started the year two and two, we lost our first game um, at home and we went on the road, we won. And then, so we're like, okay, now we're rolling. We lost our next game. So we were one in, or maybe one, two in a row. And then we lost one to go two and two. Um, and, and uh, we were kind of, as captains talking about what, you know, where are we, what kind of team are we and that kind of thing. And so we had a players only meeting um, before practice one day and kind of just talked to the team of, you know, listen, we're, I know we're two and two, but we have a chance to still win the conference. We have a chance to, we have a good enough team that we have a chance to win the section finals. And then who knows what happens at that point. Um, and so at that point, then we went on a run and, and um, you know, a lot of things happened in that year that was pretty special and a lot of fun one of the games that I probably my favorite game playing football ever was in the state quarterfinals. We played Eden Prairie again. And back then how they decided you just flip flop sections on who got to play at home. And so it happened to be our home game. So we're playing Eden Prairie who's the number one team in the state um, at home. And um, again, going to that game, it wasn't like we were intimidated or anything. We had felt like, you know, we were going to win. And I remember in the third quarter, like halfway through the third quarter, we were just, we, we were dominating the game. I mean, it was, there was a, I think the final score is like 28, 10 or 28, 14 or something like that. But we got stopped on fourth and goal from the, you know, from the one yard line, we got stopped on fourth down inside their 20 yard line. Um, they got a late touchdown to make it 28, 14. But I remember halfway through the third quarter, you're kind of looking around being like, Oh my gosh, like this is going to happen. Like we're going to beat these guys. And then you look, you know, you don't usually do this, but you glance up in the crowd and it's packed stands on both sides. There's three deep around the fences. It was the most people I've ever seen at Todd field. And it was, it was a lot of fun in the fact that um, the way that we played was everybody was just on the same page and everybody played really, really well. Um, And part of that was the game, two games before this is kind of when we just took off was we played Tartan, who was a really good team. um, And we just blew them out. It was like something just clicked and we just started playing at a different level. And so then um, that's what that gave us that confidence going into that. And in that game, I think was probably me again, my most fun time playing football was just because it was everybody playing really. It wasn't just one guy that just dominated. It was everybody, which was awesome. Um, you well, know, funny 12, story, real quick, 12 yeah. team state championships for the high school over the course of our, uh, you know, existence as it were. Yeah. And that, that team is arguably one of the most memorable, right? Again, football has a different profile. We recognize that it's not to diminish another team state championship or anything like that. Um, But it does stick out for a lot of people, partly because of the era and some of those landmarks that you just talked about. Um, You know, it's, it's quite a journey for sure. How about on the ice, right? So the transition, you got the winter season over the course of those couple years, again, what, what sticks out to you, maybe a a particular game or a, a stretch or a, a tournament run that yeah real quick though about that uh, state championship team that was uh, yeah. a quick story about that is that um so that year we really started to uh watch film you know my previous years we'd get the film and we just have pizza and put it on we won't really watch but that year you know i had tom desatel and john majeski and nick harris um you know john majeski and tom desatel go and play division one football and nick harris has plays division three hockey all of us were in the secondary 
And so we really watched film that year. It was the first year we kind of bought into that. And we usually do it at my house. And so my dad would actually watch film with us. Not that he would have a lot of input, although maybe if you ask him, he would say he did, but uh, he would sit <laughs> and watch with us, right? And so we had kind of a good connection with that. Um, and so before every game, me and him would kind of talk and he'd be like, okay, you know, how do you think it's going to go? And I'd tell him, okay, I think we need to do this. And he's, you know, we kind of go back and forth. And so before every game, all through the season, all through the playoffs, same conversation as I'm getting ready to go to the to the high school, right? So here comes the state championship game. I got in my head everything that I'm going to say to him. You know, I got my speech that he's going he's to ask me, how do you think it's going to go and all this stuff. And he comes up to me and he says, uh, I'm living my life through you, so don't mess this up for me. And it was uh, <laughs> kind of the perfect thing because, again, I got all the nerves going. And so I just start laughing and just the nerves melted away. And, perfect. you know, he's joking, half joking, right? Obviously, there's a lot of parents that have yeah. that where they just want, you know, that success for their their kids. And so... Um, it was, it's a great story. And the fact that, again, he just knew what to say at the right time to kind of make yeah. me feel better and, and, and more, and more comfortable. Oh, I'm um, glad you added that in. That's a good one. Yeah. Got a, yeah. But then as a segue, you named a couple guys that you then skated with, right? John and Nick and yeah. You know, and then we go to the, tackle that one, go to the ice and you have guys like Johnny Schumann again, who's uh you know, our quarterback of that team, Nick Harris, John Majeski. Um, and, uh, you know, my sophomore and junior year, we had a lot of success and we had some some good guys and good teams. We had three groups of kids. My junior year, we had seniors that were good and sophomores that were good. And so we had a good group um, of all um, ages. You know, I think we had my junior year, we had, I think, four freshmen that or 10th uh, graders that were starting, including a goalie. Um, and so usually when you get that kind of group, you have a, you know, a pretty good team. And it was interesting my sophomore year again here we are in the section finals and, you know, I'm expecting, of course, we're going to go to state. We always go to state, which little did I know is not true. You know what I mean? It was just, that was kind of the era we were in and uh, we were down a goal with a minute left. And uh, funny story about that too is um, which I'll never live down is that uh, we get to the rink, which is the old fairgrounds. This is my sophomore year state section championship game. And I forgot my skates. Um, I took them out to get them sharpened. I left them in the backseat of my car. And so I was, you know, Russ wasn't very happy um, with me trying to figure that out. Luckily, uh, Sliv McGree um, had an old pair of Jeff Tafe skates in the back of his car. So I wore his in the section finals. Um, I remember a minute left, we're down a goal and I'm really down on myself thinking like, here I am, this is the last game of the year and I don't have my skates on. I can't even make up for like forgetting my skates or anything like that. And uh, sure enough, Adam Gerlach ties it right off the face off and Travis Kiefer scores an overtime, um, to go to the state tournament, which is kind of was a, um, a wake up call that you just don't go to the state tournament every year. Right. Um, and that it has to be earned. And so, um, lucky again, we got to go there, uh, quarterfinals, we're playing Bloomington Jefferson, who's, you know, really, obviously a really good team, really good program and getting outplayed, but we're hanging in there and we're tied and we go to overtime and, Somehow I score the game winning goal in overtime, which is again, another highlight. Um, you know, that's one of those the state tournament where everybody's watching. Right. And um, somehow the puck goes in, it wasn't a great shot, but it went in and uh, um, that was a ton of fun there. That's kind of where I learned. And we tell our guys this all the time that, you know, on the score sheet, they make little tiny boxes next to your name to see who scores. So they can't write the description of the goal. They just put a little one next to your name. <laughs> that's all that happens. And so uh, yeah doesn't matter how pretty it is right and so yep. that was a lot of fun being able to be a part of that the state tournament uh, my junior year we had a good team 
Um, like I talked about, it was probably our best team out of the three years that I played. Um, we beat Creighton in the section finals, which was a ton of fun, always beating those guys. Um, and actually not in dramatic form. I mean, we beat them, I think, by three with an empty netter. So that was kind of fun to experience it that way, too, of not having the yeah. drama of overtime. Um, and then uh, we went up to the finals or went up to the state tournament again, and we took fourth, um, winning again in the, in the quarterfinals, which uh, is always a big deal because if you lose in the quarterfinals, then you go to Mariucci to play the rest of the tournament. If you win in the quarterfinals, you stay at the Excel Center the rest of the tournament. Right. Right. And so um, was named all tournament team that year, which was uh, um, kind of a, a big thing for me of the fact that uh, kind of get recognition statewide you know what I mean it was the first time statewide I got kind of recognition for hockey because I did not I'm again not a flashy player so um you don't get noticed a lot when that happens and for better or worse or I don't know if it was a good thing or bad thing but I got noticed or, I mean I, I got to the uh, all tournament team but then my senior year did not have a good senior year um you know I think my ego kind of got in the way of uh you know, I thought all of a sudden now I was going to be the one that it's my senior year. I'm going to score the goals. I'm going to sure. be on the power play, even though that's not the type of player that I was. And so um, did not have a good senior year uh, of hockey um, personally. Um, still had a blast, still had a ton of fun playing. But again, as far as the way that I played and again, I reflect on that a lot. And the way that I handled myself was, again, about I was more worried about me than I was about how our team was doing and things like that, which is really unfortunate. Well, there's a balance to be struck there. And I think when you talk about, you know, that individual recognition from your junior year, part of that reward is that uh, you, you think of the investment and the work ethic that you made along the way, right. To, to develop, yeah. but it's also, I think you've mentioned before, I mean, when you were in sixth, seventh grade, correct me. I think, I mean, you weren't, you weren't always on the A team either. I mean, no. you, know, you had to grind to get there. And so there's part of that where it's okay to, to uh, be proud uh, of that, but yeah, you're right. There's a delicate balance and we all kind of have to learn how to, how to do that. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's absolutely correct. I mean, I didn't make an A team until I was in seventh grade um, and that's, you know, in Indiana and in Seattle. And, and so, um, you know, I always had to kind of work to get to where I was. And so it was something I had to learn how to do was balance when you all of a sudden now do have the recognition. And I had not had to do that before because sure. I wasn't ever really the guy that got recognized and I was okay with that, but it was just now all of a sudden you are getting recognized. And again, those are all learning experiences of who you are as a player and as a person. And yeah, absolutely. So yeah. when you think of that, that journey as a high school athlete, tell us what your, what was your improvement process like, or what was your training like, or how did you get better? I mean, playing three sports doesn't really give you a whole heck of a lot of time to, to do anything you know, kind of off the court as it were, you know, um, and that, that's maybe that's part of the answer is playing other sports, but how did you just, how did you get better? What was your improvement process like from year to year? Yeah. So again, my sophomore year playing football, I was really lucky to be with that group to show you how hard you had to work. And so um, really back, I started lifting back in eighth grade, but um, didn't really start taking it serious until probably my 10th grade year before, you know, ninth, 10th grade year. Um, and so we did the Raiders Express, um, all of that stuff. I would play hockey in the summer too, as part of some of those um, uh, select teams like Blade, Minnesota Blades. I played with those guys, um, things like that. So um, I would play some a little bit in the summer and things like that. Didn't do a lot of camps or anything like that, um, but it was more of work during the summer um, as far as trying to get bigger and stronger. Um, and then the other part is, um, you know, during hockey season, I would shoot pucks a lot. That was kind of the big thing for, for us is that stick handle and shoot pucks 
um, when I was, I was fortunate when we built our house here in, in Minnesota that my parents didn't finish the basement with that in mind of putting up a tarp so that you could shoot pucks. So they, I mean, I was so lucky to have them to be able to help me with anything that I needed to, they didn't do it for me, but they would give me the opportunity um, to be able to do those things. And so shot a lot of pucks, stick handle it a lot. I, I mean, I remember, I remember having conversations with myself of, uh, man, you know, I don't really feel like shooting pucks today. And I bet so-and-so is not shooting pucks today. And then kind of having the realization that, you know what, they don't have the same goals as I do. They don't, you know, they don't want to go to the, do the same things that I want to do. And so then I would get up and shoot pucks and things like that. And I think that's an important thing for a lot of kids to remember is that, um, you know, you sure there's a lot of kids that get by in high school that don't do the things they're supposed to do, but they may not have the same goals. And um, a saying that I've learned later on as, as a coach here is the best way to get what you want is to deserve it. And it doesn't mean you're going to get it, but it's the best way to do it is to deserve that, that whatever it is that you're looking to do. And so, um, like I said, I remember having that conversation with myself of, you know, so-and-so, you know, who's all conference probably isn't doing this, but then also recognizing that they were probably done playing hockey in a year or so. Sure. And so uh, that was a big part of it is just um, um, shooting pucks to count, that kind of a stuff. And, and then I also started to do push-ups and sit-ups and things like that at night as well. Um, this has started probably my 10th grade year. I started doing that um, every single night. I would do 50 push-ups, 50 sit-ups and try to build it up if I could. Um, and then, and, you know, looking back, you always think like, oh, I was the hardest worker and knowing that you probably weren't right. You were probably lazy at times and things like that. But I, again, really good group of guys like Nick Harrison Schumann and Tim McNamara is another guy that played hockey and golf and um, who would come to my house to shoot pucks. So I would be at my house sitting there and they'd show up with their stick and glove and say, hey, let's shoot some pucks and said, OK, you know, so it made it very easy for me to go downstairs and shoot pucks with them. So they made that effort to come over and, and shoot those pucks, which was awesome and, and a lot of fun to have a group of guys like that to help push you. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a chance to it. When you think of that kind of last high school question, um, just people and influences. I know there's far more than you could list on one one podcast interview, right? And mm -hmm. it always feels like when you name one or two people, you forget nine or 10 other ones, but um, it's still okay to pick off a few. When you think of just most influential teammates, or most influential coaches along the entire ride, third grade, eighth grade, 12th grade, who, who would you name? You know, who are, who are those most influential people that have kind of carried you through? Yeah. Nick Harris is a big one, you know, just because we played football, hockey, baseball together. Um, and again, he would always come to my house and we'd always kind of push each other and compete against each other. And, um, you know, he went and played in the USHL after high school and then played at St. Thomas. Um, another one, Tim McNamara, like I mentioned, those two guys, again, um, were guys that really helped me push myself. And the one thing I always respect about Tim was he's a guy that, again, did not make the A team growing up. He wasn't on varsity his sophomore year. He was on JV partly his junior year, then varsity, um, but continued to work and then went to St. Mary's and played there and was a captain there. And so he always, um, always have the, he's another guy that I just have so much respect for. And, and, and you know, consequently those two guys you know the best men in my wedding right and they're they're still you know my good friends today yeah. and that's one of the best parts about high school sports is having those kinds of guys to help you along the way when you're you know feeling tired and, and not wanting to do those things and then you know again lucky to have three hall of fame high school hall of fame coaches and bob majeski and and doc loudon and, and russ welch um and the fact that again you know how lucky you are to be able to have an experience like that 
with coaches like that. Cause not everybody gets those and you don't realize that until later on, of sure. course, but um, you know, very lucky to have that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So when you graduate um, you do end up playing division one hockey, but walk us through the journey a little bit. Cause I know that wasn't a straight line for you. Um, you know, you kind of had to make some decisions and, and grind your way through, but just walk us through in a minute or two, what that post high school, um, what that was like for you. Yeah, when I graduated high school, I didn't know where I was going at the point at that time. Um, I was after high school or after, um, well, I guess, yeah, the all night grad party. I left the all night grad party early to drive over to Green Bay to go try out for the USHL team. Um, and I ended up trying out for four different USHL teams and got cut by all four teams, um, which was just another experience of um, humbling experience of where you're at. And, um, and then the other part of that is, um, Nick Harris was coming with me and he made one of those teams, you know, here's a buddy of mine that we've played together and worked hard with each other. And, and then he makes one of those teams. And so again, it's another humbling experience that he, I'm happy for him. Um, but, um, you know, obviously I'm bummed for myself that I, I get cut by four teams and then finally make one, um, in the, what was actually the American West hockey league at the time. Um, which then got uh, bought up by the North American league down in Texas. I played, um, down there, down in Wichita falls. And so, um, very lucky to be able to get on with that team. And the coaches I had there were just amazing. But again, it, it, here's my parents, um, who it costs money to try out for these teams and knowing I probably have an outside shot, shot at making those wanted to exhaust every opportunity that I could to be able to make a team just in case, you know, just, just to be able to track or uh, run that down. And so how lucky I was for them to be able to help me to be able to try out for all of these teams. And, um, yeah, so like I said, made it to uh, Wichita Falls, and it was such a great experience. My coaches there, um, Brian Meisner and, and uh, Mike Perkins, were two young guys. Um, and, you know, it's your first time away from home. I'm living with another family, and basic, we're playing 70 games. So we're on the bus a lot, especially in Texas, where you got to travel the whole country. Um, and it was just such a great experience for me. Um, to be with that. And to, again, fortunate to be with those guys. Cause I've heard a lot of stories about coaches and juniors that are not good people and they were really good people. Um, and that experience there was just an amazing time and helped me uh, develop as a player. I, again, looking back now, reflecting, if you would have came and watched me as a high school senior, I, you know, you would have said, no way this kid's playing division one hockey. Um, not that I didn't have the ability to, but just the way that I was playing, and then I go to this team where I'm playing 70 games and practicing every day and all that stuff. And something just clicked in the way that I needed to play um, and started to have some success again there, which was, um, again, lucky to have those coaches there. But um, the one thing about those two coaches, they're just we played 70 games a year and every game they made you feel like it mattered. Um, the amount of energy that they brought and the intensity that they brought and my second year, it even amplified in the fact that not a lot of people know this. I was captain my second year of, of juniors. And this is the only reason I know this story is that um, I had more of a personal relationship with our coach, our head coach, who had uh, gout at the time and um, was allergic to the medicine. And so he would get flare ups to the point where he couldn't come out to practice. He couldn't fit his feet in his skates and he's in a lot of pain and all that stuff. But if again, I was one of the few players that knew that because of the relationship I had with him. Um, and not a lot of our guys even knew that that's the way he kind of lived his life is he didn't want it to be a big deal to the team. And so you kind of learn that from those guys of that, you know, things may not be going very well for you at the time, but 
you had a job to do and you got to go do that job to the best you can. And so it was a, it was a cool experience and I'm lucky that I got to go down there. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's uh, I always like to spend the last few minutes just tapping into just additional words of wisdom, you know, a piece of advice. And uh, you've had these awesome experiences as a player, um, as a coach, uh, you're, you know, you're a parent of a couple of young ones, but you're, you know, you've got all these different influences. So I'm going to give you a couple of different stakeholder groups and just ask you to open up just any words of wisdom or pieces of advice you might leave those listener groups with. Right. So when we have these podcasts out, we know that we always have parents that will listen in. So if you could give any words of wisdom, a uh, piece of advice or two to sports parents, right. They're listening and they've got a seventh grader, they've got an 11th grader. What would you tell them? You know, I would tell them again to, to enjoy watching your kid play. Um, it doesn't last for very long to make sure you enjoy it. Obviously you want to try and give them as much opportunity as they want, or as they, yeah, as much opportunity as they can have, but um, they also got to kind of show you something too. Right. So there's a lot of times where parents are signing their kids up for this and that, and you're going to do this and the kids don't even want to do it. And so you got to make sure again, that again, you want to, you want to give them the opportunity, but you can't necessarily force them to do as much um, if they don't want it. Um, and maybe that's a little bit when they get older into high school and things like that. But, mm-hmm. um, but it, the biggest thing though, is just to enjoy um, watching their kids play because it just, it doesn't last very long and not very many kids get to play after high school. Right. So it's very, mm-hmm. very fortunate for the kids that do and the parents that get to go watch and play after high school. But it's one of those things that you got a high school senior and I've heard it from a bunch of parents and, and uh, you got a high school senior and you're like, Oh yeah, I'll go to games next year and watch. And then you never see him again. And I don't blame them, but it's just as that's what happens is you just lose that interest when you, when your son or daughter is off the team. Yeah. Well said. How about for coaches, right? You got a lot of colleagues, some that you know, well, a lot of younger coaches that maybe you're not connected with seasonally or anything like that, but coaches are listening uh, same question, words of wisdom, piece of advice for just other coaches. Um, you know, you got to figure out who you are as a person and what kind of coach you want to be. You can't pretend to be something, right? So like I talked about earlier on that when I first started coaching, I had, was trying to decide what type of coach I was. And the, and the myth is, is you can't decide. You are who you are. And the sooner you can figure out who you are, um, the better coach you're going to become. And, and so when you can figure out that and you can be comfortable with who you are, then that's when the real connection starts happening um, as far as with your players and things like that. So try to figure out who you are as a coach and, and, and type of person that you are so that you can, um, you know, get the most out of coaching. Love it. And then last group would be student athletes themselves, right? So you got an athlete listening in that's maybe in ninth, 10th grade, maybe 11th, 12th grade uh, words of wisdom for them. What would you tell those student athletes? Again, enjoy, enjoy every moment of what you got here, right? Because it's a special thing to be able to play in Hastings, um, to play in a town that supports high school sports, to play with your buddies. I didn't recognize that, didn't realize that. I, I mean, I enjoyed every minute of what I did, but didn't realize how special it really was until I went to college. And my roommate who's from Canada, you know, left home as an eighth grader and was playing on junior teams and didn't have a town and doesn't have high school buddies and things like that. And so how special and how cool it is um, to be able to play somewhere like this. And then don't, again, don't take it for granted. Um, story, quick story here about uh, when I was in college is I just, I tell our high, uh, hockey guys this all the time is, um, you know, here I am a senior captain in college and start the year off horribly, uh, playing horribly again, priorities not in the right spot. 
and I get healthy scratched as a senior and as a senior captain, get healthy scratched. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because again, set my priorities straight, made me appreciate that I'm getting to play college hockey. Um, and so how quickly that can, um, you know, slip from you if you don't have a focus of that. Um, and so, uh, so again, appreciate where you're at and appreciate and enjoy every minute of that. You get to play with your buddies and, and play something special. And hey, we're going to wrap it on that one. Really appreciate your time uh, walking us through some great stories, uh, great takeaways. And uh, again, I thank you for doing it, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.